Hello, welcome to the first Catching Up With podcast of 2019. I'm Richard Newman, and in this episode, with the start of a new year, we thought it would be a good idea to have a think about what changes we can all make when it comes to our impact on the environment. So just before the festive break, I sat down with Zoe Osmond, the director of the University of Brighton's Green Growth Platform, to discuss her work and some tips on how to be greener. So I've been working at the university for 15 years and I've been working sort of on the interface between businesses, mainly environmental sector businesses and expertise in our academic schools. Um, So I spent 10 years doing business development with the School of Environment and Technology. Um, But more recently I set up uh, the Green Growth Platform in 2014 um, and that's basically a a green business network with members across Sussex. We've got about a thousand members, they're all businesses who are either environmental or low-carbon sector companies or companies who really want to reduce their environmental impact and we provide them with business support and we link them into the university for academic links for research and development and also for student opportunities, projects and placements, etc. So um, we'll talk about how that's expanding as well um, in a moment but I guess the general idea, like you say, help green businesses become even more green using our expertise. Can you give us some examples? Yeah, exactly. I mean, so the general idea is to really support the growth of of low-carbon environmental sector businesses and to support, you know, the the, the, uh, business sector in general to green up to improve its environmental performance. It's sort of twofold in a way. And, yeah, we do that very much by linking them into academic expertise to help them develop new products and new services that may have an environmental application, a low-carbon application. So a couple of examples could be um, a company we worked with called Southdown Solar. They're solar panel, uh, photovoltaic panel installers. And they had an idea of optimising the power that you get from your solar panel by creating um, a device which is called Power Diverter. So it basically takes the, the power from the solar panel, instead of that being exported directly back to the grid, if you're not using any other um, appliances in your home, it will um, input the energy into your um, hot water tank via an immersion heater. So you can use the energy directly from the sun on your um, from the PV panel on your roof and heat up your water with it, thus saving your water bills and, and reducing your carbon footprint through using less gas as well. The success of it has clearly been huge with the introduction of Clean Growth UK, um, which is coming for 2019. Yeah, so based on the success of our regional network, Green Growth Platform, um, we are linking with two other universities in the UK to form a national sort of umbrella network, which is called Clean Growth UK. Um, And that's really linking our regional Sussex-based Green Growth Platform to um, University of Liverpool, John Moores. They have a a network called the Low Carbon Eco Innovatory up there. And also University of Portsmouth, and they have a, a network in the Solent called Green Tech South, We're all doing similar things in slightly different ways, but bringing these three networks together, we can learn from each other and we can develop some some more sort of enhanced services, some national level level services, linking more into investors and corporates as well. So I think the the interesting thing about the network is it's it's small to medium-sized businesses, it's universities, it's corporates, it's public sector organisations that are on our board. So it's bringing those players together to try and solve what is... What is a very complex problem, which is this transition that we need to do very, very rapidly now uh, towards a sustainable, low carbon and, uh, you know, zero carbon economy, basically. How do you or anyone get through to, you know, the the big industries who 
potentially aren't aren't pulling their weight. Well, you know, I, I think that big industry, big business, a lot of them are actually pulling their weight. Um, so I, th- I think, you know, if, if you look at what's just happened at the climate summit in Katowice in Poland, you know, that that's a, a basically a government summit and they have agreed now to put in place the rule book for the Paris Agreement, which is a great step forward. But you'll always see on the sides of these conferences um, business, big business lobbying actually for clarity and for legislation, which sets the landscape for investment in low carbon technologies. So they're calling for a carbon pricing, all these sort of mechanisms that will help to drive investment. So you do see a lot of the uh, multinational companies who are leading the way um, and devising some really good strategies and policies on, on low carbon, on, on cutting waste, energy use, etc. There are always laggards as well. I think it's the same with governments. You know, you've got some governments who are really leading the agenda. Um, UK haven't done too badly in lots of areas, and obviously some of the Scandinavian countries are real leaders. America are the laggards at the moment, with Trump um, threatening to pull out of the Paris Agreement. And I think it's the same with big business. You've got some some really fantastic examples. Marks and Spencer's uh, Plan B is a good one, and some other companies who are becoming dinosaurs, so they, they need to catch up. When it comes to you know, the president of the United States, how damaging is that when you have someone, the world's most powerful person, basically using words such as climate change being a hoax? Um, he recently... Um, denied. He, well, he didn't. He recently did dispute a government report yes, about right. it as well, yeah, that, which was right. that was only in in November. Yes. Um, well, I think it is hugely damaging because obviously, for the Paris Agreement to work, um, we need to move extremely rapidly. And the latest international panel on climate change report, which came out in October, is basically saying that we need to reduce our global carbon emissions by forty five percent in twelve years. Um, And if we don't, we risk catastrophic climate change. We need to move to net zero emissions by 2050. So these are really, really huge challenges. And we need all the countries on the world to be on board, not least, you know, the biggest, one of the biggest emitters uh, of carbon emissions, which is the United States. So the fact that they're not on board is, is, is pretty disastrous. Uh, what I would say is I think in terms of the states and the cities in, the, in America, a lot of them are on board, you know, California being a good example. Um, and so they do have their regional policies, which, you know, they're basically ignoring Trump and they're, and they're going for low carbon anyway. Um, and the other aspect, you know, I'm quite optimistic. I, I would see it as being the reaction against Trump, you know, the, the reaction, the realisation that it's only the crazies like Trump who are now denying climate change. Uh, could be an incentive for for other countries and other areas and even areas within the states to do more to counteract that that negative um, perspective that he has, you know. Yeah, and and it's something that could be... We don't know how long he'd be in power anyway, but like you say, it's something that needs to be tackled straight away. There's there's no time to lose on any of this. No time to lose, yeah. And that's exactly what David Attenborough said at his opening address of the recent climate summit is uh, time's running out, time is running out now. So, yeah. Um, in general, people are becoming a lot more savvy about their impact on the environment. Reusable cups and flasks are genuinely starting to become the norm. When you look around your the office spaces, um, if people are looking to make a meaningful change in 2019, what sort of tips would you give them? Okay, so fly, f- fly less or don't fly at all. 
Um, that's one of the major impacts. Um, in terms of energy use, um, insulate your home, go for LED, upgrade your boiler. Um, transport, you know, can you get an electric car? Can you not use the car? Go by bus, cycle, uh, go by train. Um, and obviously the thing that's really coming up a lot more strongly recently is food. So cut down on meat, particularly beef and lamb. Um, I cut down on dairy and eat as much locally sourced food as possible and obviously that really links into the health agenda because if we're going to be eating more locally sourced uh, food more fruit and veg less meat it's really good for our health as well so and, and I think that's the same with the transport if you do more walking and more cycling it's got that added benefit of being really good for health too. Just quickly going back to the Green Growth Platform and Clean Growth UK um, if there are interested businesses who would like to get involved how can they do that so they need to come to our website so it's a if you google green growth platform um and they can join there it's free for companies to join and takes a few minutes to sign up and that gives them access to all of our services um, which are basically business support research and development for new products services student projects um, and events as well so i mean you're clearly driving a very successful um initiative so i guess it must be just a very rewarding thing to be a part of. Yeah, it is very, very rewarding. It's it's very frightening as well because I feel um, we need to move so, so fast now and there's so much to do. I do worry about that. But I think there are lots of people out there in, in the business community, in the academic community, just in public in general. You know, people really are waking up to this now. So that's a positive thing. Um, we just need to accelerate change. And what gives me hope, I think, is... Um, innovation because you know now the best minds in the world are thinking about this problem what solutions are we going to see in five years time that that could be game changers you know that's that's really interesting and lots of them are popping up all over the place i mean for lots of us that aren't um, directly involved in in this day-to-day like you are it feels like there's been quite a rapid acceleration over the last year or two in terms of people waking up to the impacts they're having and what needs to change is it something that when you're working when you do work day to day you you see as well very much so i think because the the fact that it's come to the fore in the public mind there's so much more information out there now i see as being you know i wish it had happened 10 years ago you know i've been working on this agenda since 2003 and it seemed like a very very slow process but i do feel that we've reached a tipping point now in awareness um so yeah it's positive and yeah it's exciting mm. okay um on to our quick fire round of questions uh, away from work which we ask on on every podcast so first of all what's your favorite place in sussex um, well i love swimming and i love um, wild swimming in nature so my favorite place is definitely barkham mills um, and it's a really beautiful uh, river the river ooze goes past um the mills where it sort of slows down it's a lovely meandering place where there's uh, lovely sort of um bushes and trees that you can sit sit down and have a picnic and then go for a swim and maybe have a little canoe as well very nice yeah, um, <laughs> what are you currently uh, watching reading or listening to um well i'm not really watching much at the moment but last night uh, me and my daughter who's 15 watched the first ever episode of the seven up program I don't know if you know about it. It's basically um, follows a group of kids from when they're age seven. It follows them every seven years or something, I think, throughout their life. And we watched the first ever one that was filmed in 1964. And it was just amazing to see how the world has changed since 1964. I was born in 1968. So it was, you know, quite not, not too 
long before I was born and my daughter was just amazed about how different the world was and then we had a conversation about oh imagine in 50 years time or whatever how different the world is going to be and uh, that's all quite exciting I think. Mm-hmm. If you had no responsibilities for a weekend how would you dis- how would you spend it in the perfect way? Oh, I think because I'm working really hard at the moment and I'm desperate for my Christmas holiday, I'm just thinking about relaxing with friends, eating, going for a walk in the countryside, going to see a film, just chilling out. Um, And this one's a bit of a tough one, but if you could invite three people to dinner, past or present, who would they be and why? Okay. um, Well, one person I'd like to invite is a a writer who... I'm reading a book by her at the moment. Her name is Dervla Murphy. And she's an Irish travel writer who I have great admiration for because she's just completely fearless. She's, she's a person who doesn't seem to be to know what fear is like unless she's confronted by something which is threatening to her. Then she'll feel scared. But she doesn't go around feeling scared. She, just, she does these amazing trips on her own in, in incredibly um, sort of challenging circumstances. She just loves travel and she loves cycling. So I find her inspirational. Um, the second one, I think, is Dalai Lama, who I just think is amazing and has a great philosophy on life, and I'd just like to find out more about that. Um, and the, the last one I would like to invite is um, Sandy Tuxvik, because I think she's very, very funny, and she would just lighten the mood a bit, because I think they might both be a bit serious, although I think the Dalai Lama's quite cheeky, so it might be quite fun. <laughs> Thank you to Zoe for her time and thanks for listening to this episode of Catching Up With. I'll be back next week when Fiona Ponica from the School of Pharmacy and Biomolecular Sciences will be my guest. If you're not already, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode. You can also follow and listen on Spotify. For now though, it's goodbye. <laughs>